What's up, people? Welcome back to the Respect the Grind podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and this is a special birthday episode for me. I'm turning 32 years old today, so I wanted to put out something and kind of explain where I am in life right now and kind of speak to the grind phase and growth and all of that good stuff. I figured this would be better than like some crazy long Twitter thread with 32 lessons I learned. I don't think those are all that good, to be honest. Like Most of the time when you see those, it's self-loathing and it's a way for people to like chase followers. And I'm just not interested in that. Plus, this is my format. This is for me. I think the biggest thing that I learned last year was how to show up even better, right? Like showing up in what you do in business is kind of the separator. Like the people that I work with now that are like making a million dollars a month or that have the kind of money where they can donate millions to charity. It's a different lifestyle that these people live. It's a different way that they operate. And the biggest part of it is they show up and they just do what they say they're going to do. Now, granted, things still happen. There are still mistakes or traffic, you know, things like that where you can't be there on time or maybe you can't get the project done the exact time frame you promised. But these people get grace. I think they get a lot of grace because they're always showing up, like consistently showing up. And I also got a chance to work with some great people that don't show up like that. Now, some of these people had temporary success and it is a stark difference in how the people operate that sold a company for a couple million dollars. And that's their one success story. That's their one example. And then the people who consistently are buying and selling companies, the people that are always making millions of dollars. It's just a different way that they operate. And I think that's the biggest gap between normal people and the wealthy people is how they show up. I kind of got this perspective now of like the whole choose your passion thing, because I have been able to build a life around podcasting. Like my entire life revolves around what I love to do, something I'm really good at. And to put it in perspective, Every day I'm doing something in podcasting, whether it's recording, producing, editing. It's literally so many ways that I work in podcasting now. It's it's insane. I have my agency. I have software. Um, I literally produce a bunch of shows now. I'm working with like high level celebrities and champions. Like it's it's insane, man. It's insane. Somebody asked me, how do I? you know, have hobbies and stuff outside of sports. And I'm, it's always outside of podcasting. And it's funny because I was explaining to them that all of my hobbies and things that I like, I'm able to tie into what I like and what I'm good at. So I eventually get paid for it, which I guess I used to see it as a bad thing because I never can check out. But I don't agree with that anymore because I've learned how to take better care of myself and stuff. So I'm not even overworking. Like I don't exhaust myself with getting this done and I'm going to work until 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. I don't do that kind of stuff anymore. It's just not necessary. And the main reason why is I had to make a shift in how I do what I do. Like with entrepreneurship, I think the first step is figuring out what you want to do. And that could be 
having an agency where you do consulting and stuff, where you provide a service that could be owning a laundromat, right? It could be e-commerce where you sell and stuff. You make your own clothing line. You got to figure out what you want to do. That's number one. I think you figure out what you want to do in your passion by trying different things. I, one thing I've been doing since I was like 11, 12 years old is just selling stuff or working with people. Like, and when I was really young, it was selling candy. At a certain point, it was doing people's homework for money. Back in the LimeWire days, I used to burn CDs and sell those. I've always been an entrepreneur in some kind of way. So that made it easier for me when I got older to figure out how to, you know, navigate the world and create my own thing. Now, the fun part about this is once you figure out what it is you want to do, then you got to figure out how to do it. I've been doing this podcast thing since 2015 and producing, the editing, the managing of shows, the agency, hosting my own shows. I've been doing all of it for years now. Last year was the biggest year in podcasting for me. Now, not the biggest year in terms of downloads and all of that stuff. And I don't really measure my success in terms of downloads because I've had shows where it'll be a couple hundred listeners an episode and I would make thousands of dollars. I don't really measure it based on downloads. It was the biggest year in podcasting for me because I was able to scale my reach through connections. The people I'm interviewing are just a different level now. The people I produce and manage shows for, it's a different level. It's not the same. It's way better. It's it's much more access, many more connections. It's more fun. And I think the how I do what I do is a big part of what change. It's a big part of what change. Not saying I was bad at what I did before, but now I'm drastically better. It's a lot different. I am more attentive to my clients. I have more skill. Like I learned a lot more about video editing. The how, I, I think that's such a big gap. And I will tell any entrepreneur that's building right now to focus on the skills you need and double and triple down on those. Like once you find what you want to do, okay, I want to do this. Now, how do I get better at doing this? That's what you want. You want to get really, really, really good at doing what you do to where your skill is undeniable. That's where you want to get to. You want to be so good that it's not a debate whether you're good or not. Everybody knows, oh, yeah, he's good at that. Because part of that, too, when you start doing what you do differently and you're better at it, is you just start getting around better people. You get more opportunities. You get better clients, better customers. You get better everything. It all just jumps up. It's like a massive leap. The clients I work with in terms of production and editing shows or consulting even, it's different now. Like it, th Those same people probably couldn't work with me at this point. It's not to say I'm too good for anybody. I'm not saying that. But the level that I operate at now, it's different. And I think this is what's required to raise your prices. I know that the popular thing in entrepreneurship is to raise your prices and you should charge more. I get that, but I've never been a proponent of doing that unless you raise your skill as well. So I think it's better to raise your skill first and then raise your prices because then it's undeniable. There's no debate. Like the way I edit videos now, it's no debate whether my videos are good or not. That's not even a conversation.
I think too many entrepreneurs look at it as like you get stuck in that you get stuck in a grind phase sometimes because your perspective is kind of off in terms of the outcomes that you want. You think oh, I should have this now, I should be here faster. And I understand the impatience part. I get that. But I would say if you feel stuck or you're getting impatient, add more skills. All that means is you're not good enough yet. Once you make that transition to say, okay, I need to just get better at this. I know that it's easy to complain and blame it on you being black or you being poor or you being, I've even seen some people complain that they don't get opportunities and stuff because they're gay. I don't believe in any of that stuff. I don't subscribe to that. And again, it, it could be true. That could be the thing sometimes that somebody else got the job over me or whatever it was because they're white and I'm not. That could be true sometimes. But even then, if that's the case, that's out of my control. I don't. I can't care about that. I focus on what I control, which is being skilled and being damn good at what I do. And I think once you break through that barrier mentally and you start understanding that I have to get better at what I do, I have to be the best. I have to be locked in on what is important for me. That's when you get to that level of just ease. You know, like I think back to when I was younger and I would think about entrepreneurship, like what I wanted my life to look like. I'm almost there. I'm not 100% exactly where I want to be, but I'm very happy with where my life is. Like I'm not satisfied in terms of I can just sit here and do nothing. Like, no, no, not really. I'm not going to say that. But it feels damn good to know that, like, I'm not sitting here stressing and worrying about money or I don't have to work all day and all night tirelessly. Like, if I want to take a day off and just spend time with my kids, I can do that. I, I, I love that I've been able to design my own life. Like, like but just to put it into perspective, this is what I mean. Part of what I do with my clients is solo podcast episodes. So it's a situation where I basically interview them and I cut myself out of the interview. So it's like they're being interviewed by by like a listener from their show. And it'll be, you know, 30 minutes sometimes, 45 minutes sometimes. And I just sit there and ask them questions like, how did you do this thing in business? What was this like? You know, we go into all kind of stuff like that. So if you think about it, my clients are almost paying me to coach me. Like, think about how crazy that is. When I sit down with them and we're doing solo episodes about how they made a million dollars from a book or how they had a really successful launch or how to build partnerships. Like I get to ask them those questions and we do like a little interview. And when these people answer these questions they're helping me like that's how amazing this situation is so I just appreciate where my life is right now and I'm very very thankful that I designed the life that I want to live I think everybody can design a life that they want to live I really do think so but I think it comes from you number one knowing what you want to do figuring that out like what do you actually care about doing not the thing that's going to make you the most money. Not the thing that is just the most fun temporarily. Like, what do you actually want to do? 
for me, when I was super young, uh, basketball was my thing. But as I got older, I was like, yeah, I don't really want to do this, you know. And uh, a pro tip on that. When you're choosing what you want to do, I think it's good to, you know, think about the ceiling. Like, what does a best case scenario look like? I knew that for me, the best case scenario is, you know, best case, I did play professionally for a bit. You know, best case, I get paid, I make a little money overseas or in Canada or something like that. And I go into coaching and I'm thinking like, man, what would my life look like at 35? I would be a high school basketball coach, maybe a trainer. And, you know, that was that was kind of it. It was like, but I know for me, I always wanted to do something to like change the world. I wanted to really impact a lot of people, whatever it is that I did. So at a certain point, I kind of let the basketball thing go because I knew I could just do something better than that, honestly. And now I'm at this point where it's so many doors opening in what I do in podcasting. I know I I knew when I did it, I chose the right path. I knew it. So when you're choosing the, what you're going to do. Still try things and try stuff out and see what works for you. See what is the most fun. What's the most comfortable for me? I just knew I had to leave the working force because it just never felt good. I worked over 30 different jobs in my life and all of them were terrible. It's a certain feeling I would get in the pit of my stomach every time I would go into work where it was like, man, I just don't want to do this. <laughs> it was so bad. I worked at places like AutoZone. I've done construction, a trash company. I did it all. I've done a lot of different jobs, even corporate jobs like sales and selling insurance and stuff. The MLM, I've done that. None of it worked for me. So I realized I have to lean into what it is that I'm good at. It's working with people, you know, having conversations, planning things like product and project management. Great at that. Really, really good. And my clients love it. Like, I know I'm doing the right thing because my clients are like, wow, you're really good at this. You know how to run a show, all of this stuff. Like, I get a lot of high praise for it. And I appreciate that. And then I think the how part is the next phase after you figure out what it is you're going to do. Then I would just say analyze what people are doing. Like think about this is what I did in the basketball space. I was looking at it as, OK, what is the worst case scenario? And I grew up in, in Compton, Watts, Long Beach. So I got to play with a lot of sometimes NBA players. I would work out with these guys. And a lot of the guys that were in the gym would be like the never was guys. Meaning they were really good in high school. Everybody thought they were going to the league. You know, people pumped their head up. They might have gone to college and they transfer, go to this college. Next thing you know, they drop out of school. And now they're back here in the gym with me. And it's like, you were supposed to go to the league and you didn't go. To me, that was worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. I didn't want to be hood famous because all the hood famous guys, and sad to say, they would either end up just hating the world and being angry people because they feel like the world did them wrong. Or sometimes they end up dead. Like where I come from, they can end up dead. Not no joke. Like they can end up not alive anymore. And I was like, man, I don't want that to be me. I want to do something like better and different. I want something that I could do for the next 30, 40 years. Like I want to be, I need to be decades deep in the game. Basketball just has a lower ceiling than that. 
then I looked at the best case scenario, like, okay, best case, you go to the league and you do really good, or you, you can even be a trainer. You may train the guys that play in the league and stuff, and you travel with them and all of that, or you get hired as a trainer on the NBA team. I was thinking about all of those things, and none of them were that enticing or exciting for me. But I think that's more what entrepreneurs should be doing. Like, now if you look at people that are like content creators, I think it's it's fun. Like, you know, you can tell it's it's a fun thing to do. But I don't know if everybody's thinking about the ceiling of it. Like, what's the best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? The worst case, you post your content, nobody engages with it. You go six months in, you're buying equipment and making content every day and nobody's watching it. And you go nowhere. Best case scenario, you make some good money from it. You get free products and stuff. But like, how long do you have to keep breaking your back and recreate things or be in drama to get more views like I think about all of that stuff man I'm always thinking about the long-term thing so I'm just a, a planner in that sense and I think everybody can benefit from those kind of plans you know I feel like I've made a lot of progress and at the same time it feels like I'm just getting started it's a really weird space I, I, I am further than where I was at 25 at 21 definitely it's nothing but progress you know and i appreciate that and part of it is my system the milestone system i've been doing that since i was 25 and this is like my seventh year going in and i know it's only going to be even better like it's just getting better and better every single year so i'm finally putting that book out this year it's been done for like three years but i'm redoing some stuff i'm gonna put it out next uh, this year later on because um, I just think more people need the actual roadmap to create the life that they want. Like, that's kind of my message with the milestone system is you can design a life that is just for you. Like the life I have is my life. It's a perfect situation for me. Maybe not anybody else in the world, but for me, it's perfect. And I think everybody can have that, but there's like a game plan you have to follow to get there. And I think the biggest thing with that part of building your own life is patience. You got to understand that it's going to take, if you're building a life that is for you and nobody else, it's going to take you years to get that life. Not a couple months, you know, not, not just a few weeks. It's going to take years. You got to set up your income streams. You have to set up your network. You got to set up all kind of stuff. It's not like you just wake up and boom, you got this amazing life that you know, you have to put in work for some time, but that's the big benefits. It's a good payoff because once you design the life, you can kind of live in that life forever. Right. And obviously what ties into it is stuff like what's your number, you know, like how much money do you need to make for it to be enough? Um, for me, I look at it as how much money do I need to make from one of my companies every month to cover my expenses. That's my perspective. Like I have five different companies now. I, all I need is one of them to do what I expect it to do and I'm good. And everything else is just money I make that I can save or invest or give away. Like so many opportunities out there with that, right? But it, it's definitely a patience game. It's not something that you can do in this short period of time, you can't rush this process. Like it's something that's going to take you some time. And I think that's a good thing. 
I really do think it's a good thing that it takes time to design your life because it makes you appreciate it so much more. I don't know if I would appreciate where I am now if it would have been super easy to get here. I just I don't. I appreciate the agency I have now because I know what it's like to have a shitty agency. I know what it's like to have bad clients. So I appreciate my great clients. You know, I know what it's like to have um, just struggle with money. So I appreciate having money. I appreciate it. I appreciate bills being paid and stuff. I don't think the answer is to get everything you want super fast and immediately. I think the answer is patience and then you work and you build those skills while you're waiting skills like networking and partnerships um, things like um, really working well with others things like whatever is in your field that you need to be good at you got to build those skills like I'm confident in my production capabilities because I've been doing it for years every day for years since 2015 i don't think i've gone a day without doing something in podcasting whether it's reviewing shows or editing recording like this i'm always doing something and i think that's the level of dedication you have to have if you want to create that life and i you know i don't think it's for everybody i used to think everybody could do it and it's a thing that most people want to do but I realized that when people actually see the game plan and they see what it takes and what the process is like, I don't think people really genuinely are built for it. I, I'm around a lot of people that are entrepreneurs and I connect with a lot of people that want to start a business or, you know, have ideas and stuff. And I can honestly say one out of every like 20 people actually has what it takes that's kind of my perspective now after talking to entrepreneurs, cause I've been working with so many, like most of the podcasters I talk to are entrepreneurs, you know, like all the events I go to, I'm talking to entrepreneurs and people I'm kicking it with that I go to meetups with all of that stuff. I don't think most people are built for like the process of creating and designing a life. Like I know it sounds good to a lot of people and the outcome is appealing, but when you tell people that, like, look, it's going to take you three years to figure this thing out, just the basics. By year five, you'll start, you know, picking up some speed. Year seven, that's when it gets really, really fun. Year 10, that's when you've completely designed the life. Like, people will look at you crazy, like, what do you mean? It's not going, I'm not going to make a million dollars this year. It's like, no, you don't even have the skills. You're not there yet. I don't think most people are meant to not meant to. I don't think most people are, are like willing to change in the ways that you're required to change to build that life. I, I hate even talking entrepreneurship on most social platforms because most people are not built for it. Like if I post, I've seen videos on TikTok or Instagram where, you know, it's some of the podcast guys that are like, and obviously they say some things that are just polarizing because they want to get people's attention. Like if you don't have a million dollars, you shouldn't be watching or you shouldn't. If you don't have a Lamborghini, you shouldn't be chilling on the weekend. If you don't have a million dollars, then you shouldn't uh, watch sports, you know, stuff like that. And 
on the surface level, it sounds like, oh, my God, this guy is saying I can't enjoy my life. But, I mean, really put this into perspective. If you're not where you are and you don't have the life that you want, why would you spend 10, 15 hours a week obsessing over a sports team that you really don't benefit from? Like, I, I used to be a big sports fan. Like, when I was younger and I was into basketball, I would cover the games. I would watch the games. Like, I was training. It was my entire life. And at a certain point, I realized that uh, this isn't helping me progress to the life that I really want. It's just not. It's not to say that you can't have fun or you can't take a day off and you can't rest. It's not to say that you can't go and enjoy a game, that you can't go out and party with your friends. Or it's not to say you can't take a vacation with your lady. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I know most men, if you tell them they can't watch sports for the next five years, like I know that you watch every game on Sunday and it's like an all day thing. But now you're, you'll be working for six hours on Sunday and you'll have games playing in the background and you might catch the fourth quarter or something when it gets really close. But that's it. There's no more watching every game or like you're not going to sit and watch every minute of the draft. Like that's not going to happen. <laughs> And a lot of guys push back against that. And I think that kind of displays what I'm saying, that most most people don't really have what it takes because that's a trade off you got to make when you're in the grind phase. That's the stuff you're giving up. You can't tell me that you want to build this newsletter or this software company or you want to write this book and you want to make a quarter million, a half a million, a million dollars in the next 12, 16, 24 months. If a big part of your lifestyle is consumption for guys, it's things like sports and going out with the boys and stuff. And for women, it's stuff like reality TV. Like if you're obsessing over those kind of things and that gets the most of your attention and the most of your energy and a bulk of your time, I don't think you can create the life you want. Because that time should be used building skills, building connections. And I think after you get out of the grind phase, then you obviously can, you know, back up a bit. But in the first three years, you're laying the foundation. The first three years, you need to be locked in. Like, I don't think you should be going out partying every weekend. I don't think you should be just chilling every weekend. I think one weekend out of the month, you should be like, oh, I'm going to chill this weekend. Every other weekend, like all the time, you need to be going at something, right? And another part of that is the investment, like the financial investment. I tell people, look, if you really want to progress, find the people that have done what you do and pay them so they can teach you. If I wanted to build a tv show there are a lot of people i can go to to pay to show me how to build a tv show and it's too many entrepreneurs that believe the best route is their own route no it's somebody out there that's already done exactly what you want to do you don't need to create a new roadmap or create a new game plan you can just go to them and they will give it to you i kid you not most of these people will answer the questions they'll help you out and if you don't think they will start a podcast and they will answer all your questions, that's literally all I do. On all of my shows, I sit and interview people and we talk business and 
majority of the time, what my audience wants to learn, I want to learn myself. My new show, The Startup Founder Roadmap, is literally me just talking to founders and venture capitalists about the startup world because that's where I am now and I want to learn more about it. Like, that's literally all I did is start a podcast. Now I did start a newsletter with it because in three years, I want to sell that company for a million dollars. Simple. I'm going to help. I'm going to use that podcast and a newsletter to learn and connect my way throughout the industry. And then after a couple years, I'm just going to sell it and then use that money to go and do my own startup thing. It's I think it's just simple, man. <laughs> like, I think once you figure out what you want to do, it all gets really easy. And that, I think uh, the part of that, too, again, is investing, like buying the courses, paying for consulting. And I'm not saying go and pay the person that's like, oh, I can help you make ten thousand dollars a month from your business. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you go and pay them because most of the time, the people that are really loud and marketing and positioning themselves that way don't have the results. Right. Like they don't have clear results that they have gotten for themselves or other people. Most of the time, those people are just selling something to make money. And if you look and you check up on them in six months, they'll be selling something completely different. Like I saw so many people teaching podcasting and selling how do you launch a podcast and how to be a great profitable podcast guest and saw all of that stuff during the pandemic. Right after the pandemic was done and they kind of, you know, the wave of podcasting died down for them. These people jumped on the crypto wave. They went right to crypto just straight over there. You know what was after that? AI. Like they just some of these people are marketers. That's why I think the for me, I'm not paying somebody for consulting unless they've been consulting or coaching in that space. Five years plus like you need years in you need years in the game. If you just started last year, it's going to be hard to get me as a client because I don't know how serious you are, how dedicated you are, how much work you've put in. I'm not sure where you are on that journey. And if you can't tell me hey, I've done this, I've done this, I've been around this long, I don't want to work with you. I'm sorry, I just don't want to do it. I'm not interested in doing that. So I'm saying that you should invest in yourself. After you learn what you want to do, you figure that out, that's when you start investing in yourself. That's when you say, okay, I'm going to start buying the courses. I'm paying for the events. I'm going to the workshops. I'm doing all of that because that's going to speed up your learning a lot faster. Um, one of my favorite books is um, Mastery. And Robert Greene did an amazing job breaking down like how you become a master at something. I think now it's way different because we have so much more leverage. What learning was like 100 years ago is way different than it is now. Now you can obsess about that one thing. You can build a network in a year. You can read the blogs, listen to the podcast, read the books, go to the events. After a year, you can dominate any space that you want to. So I, I think everybody can create the life that they want, but it takes dedication and focus and really believing in what it is that you want to do. Having that just locked in effect, man, like lock in on what it is that you want. So it's a lot of great things coming for me next. Like I said, I'm putting out the milestone system. That'll be a big part of this show, Respect the Grind. 
I have my other show, The Startup Founder Roadmap, that's launching very soon. I got a lot of amazing founders and just SaaS people, all kind of stuff. Um, also got Pod Central to software. That's not going anywhere. But thank you all for being here. Thank you for tuning in and continue to rock with me, man. I appreciate y'all.